Well, good evening. It's good to see you again on this night. Uh, tonight we are um, embarking on our Mark series, continuing in it. We're going to be looking at the latter part of Mark chapter 4. So if you want to go ahead and take out your Bible and turn with me there uh, to the gospel according to Mark chapter 4. It's been a little while uh, since we've uh, looked at the book of Mark, so uh, just by way of review, remember last time we looked at the first half of chapter 4. We looked at uh, the parable of the sower and the purpose of parables. We looked at how uh, the main emphasis, the main point of this mighty parable that Jesus gives, the parable of the sower, is that how you receive the uh, person and message of Jesus, it will either lead to something spectacular and glorious for you, or it will lead to total disaster for you, depending upon the soil of your heart how you receive Him and His message. If you see His power, His authority, and His compassion, which are major themes within the book of Mark uh, in which Jesus is trying to communicate attributes of Himself, if you see those things, if you see His mighty power, His grand authority, and His majestic compassion of this man, Jesus, and His beautiful message of saving grace, and you don't allow that to take root inside. You don't allow that to take root in your heart if you do nothing with it. If the message is sown in your heart, um, if, 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 if you have no real desire, possess no real desire to understand that, if you have no real intention of, of lasting endurance, of enduring with Jesus, or, or if you have a demeanor that loves the world's riches more than Jesus, then the message of the parable is that it will lead to total unmitigated disaster for you. It will lead to total crop failure, um, as we looked at last time, and you'll never be able to truly understand and grasp the beauty um, and the majesty of the rest of the parables. However, if the Word of God is sown in the soil of your heart, and that soil is good, if that soil is fertile, if it's sown in a heart that's soft and tender and truly desires to draw near Jesus, seeing Him as He is, recognizing the magnitude of His power, of His authority, and, and His compassion, then you will experience an incredible yield, 30, 60, 100 times more that what, than what has been planted. And that's why the parable of the sower, uh, Jesus says, is kind of like the key. It's like the doorway to the rest of the parables. It's the key to um, understanding the rest of the parable and, and to seeing them in all of their majestic beauty. That's why Jesus says in Mark chapter 4, verse 13, he says, and he said to them, do you not understand this parable? Meaning the parable of the sower. How then will you understand all the parables? In other words, you will only be able to see these parables as a spring of blessing, as a spring of life that brings peace and healing if the soil of your heart is right. 
And when the soil of your heart is right, when you humble yourself and sit at the feet of Jesus and say to to him, Lord, teach me these things. Teach me your ways. Teach. I don't understand the meaning, but I desire to. I want to know you. I want to know your ways. Teach me these things. Teach me to be like you. That's the kind of soil in which the word produces fruit then a crop will be produced in you that's 30, 60, and 100 times more than what has been planted. So before we continue, that's a very important point as we uh, continue to uh, look at the rest of the parables in Mark chapter 4. As we continue, do some self-examination as Brother Burton talked to us about this morning in the Lord's Supper. Make sure the soil of your heart is one that's marked by humility, who sees the value and the worth of this Jesus, of who he is, and the message that he presents to the world, the gospel of the kingdom, his power, his greatness, his, um, his compassion, and his authority. Um, and it's only then that we'll be able to see these parables, see the weight of these parables and the significance that they carry for us in our life. Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Have that disposition, that demeanor, as we embark on these parables. Uh, so, tonight, we're going to dive into three of the remaining parables that we see within uh, the latter half of chapter 4, and they kind of follow the same theme uh, that we see presented within the parable of the sower. Jesus is emphasizing within these three parables that we're going to be diving into, he's emphasizing and he wants us to understand the glory, the power, and the greatness of his message and his kingdom and his person. And how you receive those things now will result in either blessing or complete failure. It's the message of these parables. Okay, so let's look at the first one. Let's look at the parable of the lamp, also known as the parable of the lamp under a basket. Let's look in Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 21. Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 21. Verse 21 reads, And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? So we open here with a parable of the lamp and, and an obvious rhetorical question that Jesus asks here. And uh, in, in, in remember that this is a world, of course, we know, that, that possesses uh, the ancient Near Eastern world, uh, the world in which Jesus uh, is, um, is communicating these parables. This is a world that possesses no electricity, no light bulbs, so oil lamps were essential to finding your way when it was dark, uh, for lighting your house at, at night. Um, so it would be absolutely silly uh, to take a lamp and put it under a uh, basket or put it uh, under a bed. Um, that would completely defeat the entire purpose of what a lamp is for. A lamp is to be put on a stand so that it gives light to all, than a to all that's in a house in a location where its light can shine brightly and be illuminated for all 
to see. Now, that's the illustration uh, that we see within this parable. The purpose of light, the purpose of <coughs> excuse me, the purpose of a lamp is not to be hidden under a bed or under a basket, but it is to be exposed. It is to be set in a place so that all can see. And in the next verse, we see the meaning of that illustration of those elements. Uh, so look with me in verse 22 of Mark chapter 4. Verse 22 reads, For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. Now, that which is hidden uh, is Jesus' identity and his message. Paul says this in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 4. He, said, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. So we see here in this passage that, that the gospel message had been in the mind of God before the foundation of the world, before the world began. All of the beauties and glories of redemption and restoration through Christ Jesus were contained within the heart of God in that plan to bring about full and complete free salvation from sin to the world is now in Jesus' time as he's communicating this uh, for all to hear, that is being slowly revealed. It's coming to light for all to see that message that was there before the foundation of the world. It's coming to light for all to see in its majesty and in its magnificence. Jesus here, what he's doing is he's slowly, bit by bit, throughout his ministry, He's slowly revealing himself, who he is, and his message to the world. And we will fully see that uh, uh, who he is and what he has come to do in all of his glory through his death and through his resurrection. So, a lamp, as we see within this parable, a lamp is not intended to be kept hidden. It's not intended to be kept under a basket or under a bed, but its purpose is to be in a place where it can be exposed. Its purpose is to be set on a stand. And in the same way, Jesus' message and his identity are not intended to be kept hidden forever. They're intended to be exposed so that the world sees them in all of their grandeur, in all of their glory. Jesus essentially here, here, here is saying, you can't see it fully now. You can't see it now, but soon you will see the unfathomable beauty of who I am and what I am about to do. And Paul kind of gives some commentary to these ideas in, in later in Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 8 through 10, uh, which read uh, in verse 8, Paul says, To me, 
Though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. So Paul here refers to the identity of Jesus and his message as a mystery that was hidden for ages that are, uh, that, that are um, unsearchable, that are unfathomable riches uh, in the sight of, uh, of, of the world. Um, and, and he didn't see that mystery and those riches as something to be hoarded, as something to be kept inside of himself, as something to be kept secret for an indefinite amount of time. But to bring that mystery, to bring those riches to light in all of their beauty, in all of their glory, in all of their splendor. To take the lamp out from under the bed, out from under the basket, and put it on a stand where it belongs so that all in the house can receive the benefits of the light that it gives. So many people, so many people in this world are living in spiritual darkness. And church, it's our responsibility. It's the, it's the responsibility of the church of Jesus Christ to allow the beauty of Jesus's identity and Jesus's message to shine as bright as a lamp in a house through us and through our message. They see the unfathomable riches of this beautiful mystery through us through the church, through the message that we preach to the world. And we must be dedicated to proclaiming this light, uh, this magnificent light in a dark world so that all of creation may experience what we have. We have a relationship with the God of the world, with the God of the universe, with the God that created the world, a right relationship, right standing with that God. We've had the blood of Jesus cleanse us from all of our sins, and we have hope of existing with Him personally in an intimate way forever. That light, that truth is to be promoted by the church of Jesus Christ and is to be set on uh, a stand for all of the world to see and all of its beauty and glory. And then he adds in Mark chapter 4, verse 24, verse 25. Mark chapter 4, verse 24 and 25. He says after this, uh, this, this parable, which kind of adds um, some, uh, a, a deeper level of seriousness, I guess, to, to his message. In verse 24, and he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Jesus here is essentially saying, are you listening? Are you listening? Are you listening to the words that I am saying? Are, are, you, are you hearing what I'm saying 
Because those who invest in understanding Jesus and understanding these spiritual truths, these unfathomable riches that are contained in Jesus Christ, those who are invested in understanding those blessed truths, those are the ones that will be blessed. Those whose hearts are right and humble and receive the Word of God will see the beauty and the glory of the Word and be transformed by it. But those who do not, those who do not, will come out with nothing, and even with what little they have will be taken away. That's the parable of the lamp. Let's move on and look at the parable of the seed growing in Mark chapter 4, verse, starting in verse 26. Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 26. Let's look at verses 26 through 29. Verse 26 through 29, as John read for us a moment ago, and he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and he rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. Now, as we attempt to understand this parable, we see that this uh, this particular parable, this particular teaching of Jesus, is unique to the book of Mark. Uh, it's it's not seen in any of the any of the other gospel accounts, um, and it's kind of similar to the parable of the sower uh, that we talked about last time in terms of its elements um, that 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 are contained within it. Uh, and and of course, as we just read, um, we can compare it to the parable of the sower and see that there's a sower or a farmer um, who sows seed on the ground, uh, just like in the parable of, of the sower, and the seed grows and produces a, a crop. Uh, so this parable is very similar to uh, the one that we looked at last time, but it carries with it a, a different emphasis uh, that, that Jesus is, is, is trying to communicate here. Um, remember that in the, parable of the, in the parable of the sower, the importance of proper soil for the growth of the seed is what's stressed uh, with, within, within that, that, that parable. But in this parable, in the parable of the seed growing, uh, the mysterious power of the seed itself to produce a crop is what's emphasized. The power of the seed uh, it, itself, not by human intervention, not by what humans add to the seed, but, but by the power of the seed, which is the word, to produce a harvest. That is what's emphasized more so within this parable, and it helps us to understand the interpretation and the meaning. So we see here a farmer, he scatters seed. Talking about the elements here. A farmer scattered, scatters seed. And, that, uh, and the seed, of course, is the message of Jesus, the Word of God. The Word is this, the, the seed that's being sown um, here. Uh, and the seed is, is, is scattered, it's sown on the ground. And we see here within the parable, uh, the farmer or, or the sower, he goes about his daily life, after he's sown the seed, 
He goes about his life sleeping um, and, and waking and doing his daily tasks, but mysteriously and amazingly, the seed, it grows, and it grows, and it grows by itself without the intervention of the farmer. And, and the farmer is baffled at the way that this seed is growing. It's like he's just sitting there and watching day by day as the seed grows into, uh, into maturity. And he has no idea how it works. He's just dumbfounded at, at, at the sight of this seed growing. He just sits and watches with amazement how the soil all by itself produces grain. First the blade comes out of the ground, comes out of the earth, then the ear, then the full grain inside of the ear, and the harvest comes. Um, I've told you before, I like to garden. Um, I have a couple raised beds at, at my house um, I've got all kinds of stuff right now. I've got squash and um, tomatoes and peppers and cucumbers. And uh, when it was colder, I had broccoli and, uh, and cabbage and cauliflower and Brussels sprouts and, and all that stuff. Um, I just, I, I, like to, I, I like to garden and, and, and grow things. Um, and, uh, of course, I like to eat it. But uh, another reason why I like to do that is because I just like to watch things grow. I like to watch things grow. Uh, grow from uh, just a bare seed into something grand, into something magnificent. And it's really, I might be weird, I don't know, but it's amazing to me to see um, the, 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 the way that plants um, grow. It's, it's, it's enjoyable for, for, for me um, to, to watch um, patiently as a seed grows from its infancy all the way into maturity um, to a full-grown uh, plant by their own over time. I plant them through seed um, or, or seedlings, and, and, they, and they just grow. They just grow all by themselves. And, you know, of course, I like, I'll add compost, and I'll pull the weeds, and, and I'll, I'll water them, and I'll, I'll help them grow. But I'm not doing anything that actually causes the growth. There's nothing inherently within me that I'm doing that's causing that growth of the plant. And that's the experience of the farmer here uh, that we see within the parable. Um, and the intended meaning, uh, I believe, uh, what's being communicated here in this parable is this. The Word of God carries with it a mysterious power. It can't be explained. It can't be fully comprehended. The Word of God, it has the power to pierce to the division of soul and spirit within the human heart to convict, to expose sin, and to transform a heart that's covered in the blackness of sin into a condition that is whiter than snow. And we can, sow, we, we, we can sow the Word of God, we can preach the Word of God, we can promote the Word of God, but we can't possibly do ourselves what it has the capability of doing, just like a plant that grows in uh, mysterious and majestic power. God's Word, God's holy Word has the mysterious power to change, 
to transform and to restore human hearts and minds. Paul says this in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is, what is it? It is the power. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The power, the power of this, of this Jesus, of His Word, of His message, of His identity, it cannot be overstated. The power that He possesses within Himself. And that's why we should be a people who live unashamedly in our efforts to proclaim this Jesus and His message to the world. Because it, not us in anything inherent within us, but the Word, but the Word of God has the ability, unlike anything else, to bring about a transformation, to bring about a change in the human heart and a blessing to the entire world. The message, the, the Word of God is extremely powerful, and the power of that message is being revealed as Jesus is on his way to the cross. Let's look at the last parable tonight as we close in verse 30 of Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, verse 30 through 32. Verse 30 says, And he said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which, when sown on the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants, and puts out large branches, so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. Uh, in Jesus' day, the mustard seed, he says here, was the smallest seed, uh, not in existence, uh, within the world, but it was the smallest seed that Jesus' original audience would have been familiar with, uh, was the, 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 the mustard seed. And it eventually, uh, it, of course, it eventually grows into this, like, large sh tree shrub uh, type thing that can get over uh, well, well over 10 feet in height, um, uh, and an enormous width as, as, as well. So um, something that starts out really small, uh, like a mustard seed, something that, that they would have um, seen as something very tiny and very insignificant. It starts out small, but it eventually it grows, and 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 it grows into something that's grand and significant and great. And the point here is that the kingdom of God, it operates uh, the same way that a mustard seed operates as it grows. It looks small. It looks weak. It looks insignificant in the beginning, but it grows, and it grows, and it grows, and a day will eventually come when it's seen as great and powerful as it is. And we read about the story of, we read, we read in the book of Acts, uh, that's the book of Acts in a nutshell. The kingdom, it starts out small. It has small beginnings, but it's designed to grow and grow and grow until its branches spread to every corner of 
the earth. God's message of free salvation is preached to every creature that exists under the sun. This is uh, Jesus' message here in the the parable of, of the mustard seed. This is a purely kingdom kind of mindset, a kingdom mindset that all of us need to be committed to embracing within our life, to see our life, to see our purpose on this earth to multiply to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples so that that blessed promise that God made to Abraham in the beginning revealed in Jesus may reach hundreds and thousands and millions and billions of souls all to the glory of Jesus. The greatness of his message and his identity is being revealed for all of the world to see. So Jesus says in Mark chapter 4, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him hear these things. If you have, if you have ears, listen up, perk up, and listen to the blessed words of God. Examine the soil of your heart so that you receive these words with humility. And it's only then when you receive the word in this kind of a manner that you will truly be able to see this Jesus and his message as glorious, as powerful and great beyond that of any other. Uh, This evening, if there's anything that we can Uh, do for you any way that we can pray for you. We offer the invitation. The invitation is extended to you uh, tonight. Likewise, if you don't know Jesus Christ, uh, we invite you to know him and embrace uh, the gospel, the good news that God has saved the world from sin and hell, and you can have a relationship with Jesus Christ uh, through faith, repentance, and baptism tonight. We urge you tonight, if you have any need, why don't you come forward as we stand